If you chose to take a social media detox over the weekend, you really missed a lot. Republican women have come out to play, and I mean play. From the resurface, Christy Nome, Corey Lewandowski, alleged affair many of us have known about for years, to Congresswoman Lauren Boebert's juicy night out at the theater. I think it's safe to say the Republican women of 2023 are not your cardigan and pearl-wearing Barbara Bushes, that's for damn sure. But Nome and Boebert aren't the only ladies who made headlines over the weekend. Karen Morris has finally decided to take the advice country music fans have been giving her for years and will leave the genre that, again, has been asking her to leave for years. So there is a win. But speaking of being in places you don't belong, that reminds me. There are millions of illegal immigrants from all over the world pouring across our wide open southern border. Like literally, the world is invading us. Pick a country, their people, and probably not their best people, are coming across our southern border to take advantage of the perks and the privileges that come along with being an illegal alien in the USA with a Democrat regime in that White House. How the hell are these people from Africa getting to our southern border? Who is funding this? But I can tell you who is funding it once they get here. You are, I am. And Border Patrol, they have no option but to dump these people off in border towns and cities and hope for the best because their intake facilities are full. Take a look at this video out of San Diego yesterday afternoon. What you're looking at is three unmarked white Border Patrol buses. They pull up and they start releasing several hundred illegal immigrants to city streets and sidewalks in San Diego across from a transit terminal. Uh, people were on this bus from as far away as China and Pakistan. And keep in mind, these buses are not from Texas. They're not Greg Abbott's buses. These are the Biden administration's buses. This is Border Patrol mass releasing people. You can see handfuls of them are standing around not knowing where they are, what to do, where to go next. And there was a remarkable exchange between one migrant and a Border Patrol agent as he asked the agent, hey, am I okay to travel to Chicago? And the agent says, yep, you're good to go. Take a listen. It's a flippin' free-for-all, but here's an idea. Dump them off in La Jolla, Del Mar, or Coronado. See how loving and tolerant the liberals really are then. But you know who's getting sick and tired of this crap besides me and besides you? Blue City residents that are getting just a little taste of what border communities have been going through for years. We seek to do... I think that AOC, um, you know, when she came out and other members of Congress and they had this press conference, what did you think about their comments? They will never be allowed to walk down the streets again. Yes. They have destroyed our city and New York, especially Queens, All is right, walking let's up. Pull away from hmm. But the solution, as the Democrats you keep voting for see it, is to raise your taxes so as to better fund and manage and coddle these illegals. They are being placed in your schools, no vaccine requirement, by the way. They are living off of your tax dollars. But as angry as some of these New Yorkers appear to be, something tells me come 2024, they will still vote Democrat. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. 
Joey Manow is a man who has stood up to this and will continue to stand up until they either fix it <laughs> or lock him up. Guardian Angel founder Curtis Sliwa. Curtis, I know that you are living with this every single day, as really the entirety of the United States is living with it, or they soon will be living with it on their doorsteps. But I've been saying this for years now. This is an invasion, but it's been happening for so long that I want to know what happens after the invasion, because we can't keep calling it an invasion. At some point, there's an end goal, there's an end game. How do you see this playing out? Well, remember, all these illegal aliens coming over and by the way, they're taking advantage of our generosity and stupidness to keep the borders open. So they're bum rushing over. Most of them want to come to New York City because that's where they get the best of everything. Hotels, iPhones, smartphones, uh, culturally appropriate food, you name it. Whatever they want, they get it. And while they're here waiting for their so-called asylum here, hearing that may take anywhere from seven to ten years, they're going to drop an anchor baby. They're going to find a woman uh, who either has a green card or a work visa or maybe is a citizen. Uh, there'll be a sham marriage. And they're here to stay. They ain't going back. So everybody who's already made it here, even though they eventually ha will have an asylum area, if they decide to even show up, they're going to be here for good. And now they're just pouring over like there's no tomorrow, like, an asi uh, like a tsunami, because... They see all the photo bomb photos and videos from their friends and relatives who are saying, better get to the border quick before they actually wise up and seal it up. And there's there's no stopping them because we don't know who they are. There's no paperwork. They're not vaccinated. We don't know about their medical records, their criminal records. And if I were them, I, I'd be running towards that border from a third world country and nothing would stop me because there really is nothing to stop them at this point. Yeah, you're right. You know, the narrative that comes out of the left is that these people are, are, are all asylum seekers, that they are frail women and children who, who simply need to be given safety and need to be protected because they're fleeing oppression and violence. And I'm sure some of that is true. But you live in New York City. You see it pouring out into the streets. You've been in the middle of it. Are these all frail women and children who are seeking asylum, at least from your perception? Well, that's the hype. Uh, as you said, there are a handful of women and children, but the mass majority are young, single, able-bodied, illegal alien men with high levels of testosterone crashing through their cranium, who are now in the land of decadence and debauchery from some of these countries, especially the sub-Saharan area, where many of them are coming from. And you wonder, how can they afford $8,000 to fly from there over to Mexico City and then work their way up from Mauritania, Mali, Sudan, Senegal, Chad? Americans can't even find these places on the map. And you say to yourself immediately, first off, how did they afford to get up here? They're all of military age. And a lot of these countries, they have mandatory military service. So are they running away from doing their military duty in their country of birth? And then a lot of these countries are hotbeds of ISIS and Al-Qaeda activity. We have special forces over there trying to root them out. So we've created an opportunity for terrorists to come into our country in the form of young, single, able-bodied men. It doesn't take a lot to have a cabal or a cell and to do harm to America. And we have only ourselves to blame.
I mean, let's face it. We created the opportunity. We've invited them in. Catholic Charities at the border provides them money and the means of transportation. That's a racket, Catholic yep. Charities, because they do it with federal tax dollars. And then all the mayors and the governors in sanctuary cities and states, they welcome them until they're overwhelmed. And then they go, no mas, no mas. But Hey, they declared themselves a sanctuary city, sanctuary state. And when you look, there's actually no law on the books in those states and cities. It was by proclamation. They could end that tomorrow if they wanted to. But they want their cake and they want to eat it too. I wonder, though, if we are reaching a tipping point. You know, you heard Mayor Eric Adams a couple weeks ago very, very honestly saying that this will destroy New York City. I was glad to hear the honesty coming out of his mouth, not that I believe he's going to do anything. But do you think that they, there will reach a point, a few dozen more busloads of illegals coming into these blue cities? By the way, a drop in the bucket to what's coming into Texas and Arizona. But do you think that they are going to reach a point where they're going to say, hey, listen, enough. We're no longer a sanctuary city. We're not a sanctuary state. Will the Democrat Party allow them to do that? Will they allow them to go against um, Biden and whoever controls Biden? Do you see that happening? No, because we've seen this before in history. New York City is the epicenter of the old Tammany Hall. These were Irish Democrats who met the boats that were leaving Ireland during the potato famine when Queen Victoria told the Irish to drop dead. So they came to America, New York. And when they got off the boats, it was the Tammany Hall Irish Democrats, Irish Catholic Democrats who gave them money, uh, found them a place to live and reminded them till the day they die. Remember, it was the Democrats who were here, not the Republicans. At that time, the Republicans were wasps. They hated Catholics. Uh, they wanted the Catholics exiled. So Generation after generation, I would visit an Irish family and you would walk in and they would have a picture of Jesus Christ, the Blessed Mother, JFK. And they would have a figure that you couldn't identify. It was from the days of Tammany Hall. And I said, who is that guy? Oh, because of that guy, we were able to come to America and we vote Democrat always to the children and grandchildren. So they're going to do this with a new generation of mostly Hispanics. The number one group coming in are Venezuelans. It's like a recreation of the Mariolito boat lift in which Castro sent all of his prisoners, those who were in mental asylums, those who were dissidents, to the sucker Jimmy Carter who was waiting them on the Florida shore. 120,000 of them. And Maduro in Venezuela is following the same playbook. This time the sucker is Joe Biden. Unfortunately, in both instances, in 1980, the Mariolito boat lift and now this invasion, we, the taxpayers, are having to pay for all of this, and soon we won't have a country that we can recognize. So we have to fight for our country, our states, and our cities. Move aside, politicians. All you do is squawk and talk, and it's up to the people to rebel. And I'm leading the rebellion in New York City. We're, we're getting arrested. We're blocking the illegals from coming into parts of the city. And we're going to tie this city up with knots. We're going to take tractor trailers, take the keys out. We're going to block thoroughfares, bridges, tunnels. This city, we're going to declare the mother of all civil disturbances in order to stop the madness.
But Curtis, uh, as far as I know, that you're not BLM, so you're probably going to face some real consequences for that. I'm sure that that doesn't bother you because your cause is bigger than that. But how do you think you're going to be received when you do these things? I mean, it kind of reminds me of the Canadian freedom truckers. Um, BLM can do whatever they want. Antifa can do whatever they want. But, you know, as soon as you have someone standing up for what's right, what's just for freedom, for border security, integrity, the integrity of our nation, I I have a feeling that you're probably going to be behind bars, kind of maybe akin to January 6th prisoners. It seems like those groups of people are, uh, the law applies a little differently to folks like yourself. Are you concerned? Well, you're right. They may charge me with inciting to riot, but I've been locked up 80 times. So I've had wooden shampoos, concrete facials. I know the routine. I think the, the problem here is, as you mentioned, BLM, Black Lives Matter, which has become big, large mansions and Antifa. They not only were given a easy pass to attack police, to vandalize, to kill, to maim, to steal, but more importantly, uh, they were rewarded. Here in New York City, there was just a consent decree signed by Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, that paid money to Black Lives Matter demonstrators and Antifa mm-hmm. demonstrators who attack people and attack cops. I don't expect that treatment. I expect it will be locked up. I expect that there'll be a price to pay. But, you know, when you see your country being taken over and politicians just standing on the sidelines and doing nothing, and to be honest, the Republicans and Democrats have done nothing about this immigration issue since Ronald Reagan was president and he granted blanket amnesty, but still let everybody come in illegally. This has to force the issue. Neither party is guiltless, except in this case, the Democrats are the one at the border saying, Andale, Andale, come on in. I'm your Papa Chulo. Who's your daddy? Because they want to nourish up a potential Democratic vote in the future, yep. which will make it very difficult, especially in Florida and Texas, for Republicans to win there or maybe even anywhere. No, I agree with you. That's been, to me, that's been the motivation for so long is to bring as many legals in as possible, give them amnesty, voting rights, whatever one comes first, get them voting, you know, mail them a ballot, mail them a couple ballots, whatever it takes. That's been the motivation for the last 10 years, 20 years, maybe. They, they play the long game. We don't. We look very short-sightedly at every problem, and that's why we lose every battle. But you brought up the way that they might vote. So there is a little bit of an anomaly in that, and that is the state of Florida that went big for Ron DeSantis, winning a lot of the Hispanic vote, winning Miami-Dade, where a lot of Cubans, a lot of Dominicans, a lot of Venezuelans live in Miami. Ron DeSantis won Florida by almost 20 points. He won in Miami-Dade. So I don't necessarily think that the Hispanic vote can be bought by Democrats in some places, but I'm wondering, you know, we got an election coming up. We know Donald Trump in 2016, he ran on closing the border and building the wall. You've got Ron DeSantis, who has busty illegals to Martha's Vineyard, California, and other places, who has been very tough on illegal immigration in Florida and just by nature. Which one are you more confident in? Where I would disagree with you is you have to bifurcate it. First generation Hispanics who came here the hard way, the legal way, had to jump through the hoops. They're the angriest. Right. Because they still have family members back in their countries of origin who can't get in while they were able to get in. And maybe they have a green card. Maybe they have a work visa. Maybe they've taken the test for citizenship, which uh, I'll tell all of your your viewers is is so tough, that test, that most Americans would fail that test for citizenship. We make it difficult to climb up the ladder. But here are these first-generation Hispanics who've done all of that. And then they watch others just jump the queue Mm -hmm. who 
We don't even know who they are. <laughs> and they're, they're at the front of the line. And they're the ones that are most enraged. So, yes, they will vote for Republicans because of that. But this wave of illegals, I'm telling you, I saw that in my own family on the Italian side. Uh, they voted Democrat and voted Democrat to the day they died. My father was not a Reagan Democrat, was not a Giuliani Democrat. Uh, there were pictures of JFK. There were pictures of Barack Obama, Jesus Christ, the Blessed Mother Mary. There was Pope John Paul because my dad was Polish. My mom was Italian. I said, Dad, how about Abraham Lincoln, you know, on the wall? You're from Chicago. You taught me all about Lincoln. He goes, no Republicans on my wall. I said, no. how about a $5 bill with a Lincoln on? No, no Republicans. See, th what happens is they get so involved right. in thinking that the Democrats are for blue collar working class and poor people that they don't realize that the roles have been reversed. The Democrats are now for the rich and a lot of Republicans are for the blue collar working class. So just to, to end it and wrap it up with a bow, I agree with you, Democrats and Republicans are both a problem. You've got a lot of Republicans who like the cheap labor for their corporate interests, and you've got Democrats who want votes and also maybe for corporate interests. But we got an election coming up. Which Republican candidate, if any, do you think would best tackle the issue we're dealing with now that would actually take a firm stance and help correct the problem? Well, I'll tell you, there's two things. Number one, I want... I want new folks involved. I'm out with the old, in with the new. I don't want to redo 2020 with either Trump or Biden, although there are people in both parties they want round two. I'd like DeSantis. To me, DeSantis has proven that he will stand up even against people who label him every conceit. You're a sexist, misogynist, homophobe, xenophobe, racist. Doesn't seem to affect him at all. And then I want to go after the Lindsey Grahams of the world. <laughs> The guy was talking about bombing Mexico. If you think we have a lot of illegal aliens from Mexico now, can you imagine if we start bombing Mexico? The wave of people declaring asylum and claiming that they're war, rep war refugees, they're our number one trading partner. So many Americans vacation down there. This, this Senator Graham, he can't exist without wanting to get us into a war, right. whether it's the Ukraine is somewhere else. Stop with the warmongering. Let's figure it out together. But let's not vilify Mexico, because if we go to war against Mexico and bomb Mexico, where do you think all those Mexicans are going to come? North of the border. Right. You're exactly right. But I agree with you wholeheartedly. Thank you for doing what you do. I mean, you talk the talk, you walk the walk, and you're out there making a difference. God bless you. God bless New York City. And maybe, just maybe, some people will wake up. I know it's not going to be a lot. But maybe we can get a small fraction of a fraction of people that are fed up enough and see what you're doing and follow suit. So God bless you. Best of luck. And we hope that you stay out of the clink. But I know that you'll happily go there if that means defending the USA. Well, you know, I lead the rebels, not the politicians, not the lawyers. And there's a phrase, up the rebels. And we will tie this city up in knots. We're not tolerating this invasion any longer. Well, I appreciate you, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you soon and seeing everything you do. Oh, my pleasure. All right, God bless. Up next, our nation's enemies exist outside our borders, no doubt, and we welcome them in, as you can see. But there is also evil being born, bred, and groomed right here in the USA. That evil goes under the guise of love and acceptance, but it's truly anything but. 
My next guest knows this rainbow cult and their mission all too well. He is fighting for custody of his three-year-old son as the boy's mother has declared the child to be non-binary and is putting him in dresses and makeup. Harrison Tinsley is concerned, rightfully so, for the safety of his son, has been canvassing conservative media in the hopes of getting the word out. And Harrison joins me now. Harrison, first of all, thank you for being with me. I know that you've been really all over conservative media. Anybody that will give you a chance to speak, telling your story. But for those in my audience who haven't heard it, please take me back to the beginning. Take my audience back to the beginning and tell them the mess that you're in and how you're fighting to get out of it. Thank you so much for having me. It means a lot. I'm speaking up as much as I can to protect kids. But it starts four or five years back. I was in the Bay Area. I went, I met a girl, beautiful. We sang each other some songs. We ended up falling in love. We started dating. And we never agreed politically. And I think, unfortunately, our, our country's become so polarized that it's become really hard for that to work in a relationship now. And it ends up that shortly into our relationship, she gets pregnant. And we're both ecstatic about that, thankfully. And that was incredible. And as her pregnancy went on, she suffered from some pretty serious mental illness problems, unfortunately. And I was constantly getting threatened that I wouldn't see my son if I wasn't exactly who she wanted me to be, if I didn't do exactly what she wanted me to do and believe what she believed politically, essentially. And it got to a point where she broke up with me and sent me a cease and desist letter, which I respected. I ended up not meeting my son when he was born. I didn't know when he was born on, found out about it one week later from social media. One of her friends told me that was a heartbreaking thing to hear. I, I filed in the San Francisco court two months later, and it took 13 more months just to meet my precious son. So I finally met him when he was 15 months old, in spite of being aware the entire time. That was very hard to deal with, uh, but I fought through it. It made me a stronger man to be a better dad for him and to have a purpose of fighting for kids. When I met him, it was one of the most magical, miracle-filled days of my life. I remember looking in his eyes, and it was like we just knew and felt the bond, and it was so incredible. And so I pressed on. I, I visited with him as much as I could, and I ended up moving to the Bay Area because I was living in Tahoe at the time. And I was awarded half custody very shortly after that, which I'm super thankful for. And that's around the time that my son's mom started some extreme defamation of me, as well as some gender ideology being pushed upon my son Sawyer. I've seen pictures of him in dresses and he was getting called a they, them. And that was a very scary thing to see. Wow. And there was, a, yeah, and there was some, an arrest of my son's mom for child endangerment. She's placed on a 5150 hold all while he was there. I ended up getting awarded a restraining order on her uh, because of the harassment and defamation of me was so severe and that restraining order was violated. So I ended up getting granted a five-day trial in the San Francisco Family Court, which is a very long time to be granted for trial. And I felt so confident about it. I had lots of evidence, lots of witnesses, but after the trial, the court decided to keep custody 50-50. They said they would not rule on gender and that my son had to continue seeing the same doctor that the mom preferred. That was devastating to hear for me. I felt that the court wasn't going to protect my son. So I've got to do something myself. And so I reached out to some people and I'm thankful to Daily Wire who broke my story. And I'm thankful to every single person that supported me ever since. And 
Um, I'm not going to let anyone down. I'm not going to let my son down. And I'm going to fight to protect kids no matter what. And they're not coming for them anymore. They're not separating families. They're not mutilating children. Right. It's done. This is the moment in history that we stop it. No, I agree. And it really, having a personal story like you have is so moving. And I think it captivated a lot of people's attention, rightfully so. But, you know, this mother seems like she's got a lot of issues on her own. You mentioned maybe some mental health issues. But, you know, in reading your story, I think that you saw some maybe early indications that this whole they, them, this whole non-binary thing, not the choice of a three-year-old, as one would presume, but more the mother trying to push something on your son, maybe trying to live vicariously through him, always kind of wanting to have a non-binary kid. Tell me what that's like, what you saw the pattern as, and what other parents, other single parents like yourself that might be in a similar situation, what should they look out for? What were the warning signs? What can you tell them to be prepared for? It's clearly becoming a social contagion. I think more and more moms, especially our parents, are starting to do it for likes on social media and to be on their victimhood hierarchy that they care about so much, which I think is really sad. And I think that we need to, you know, tell kill children the truth. Uh, but yeah, there were some warning signs. She asked me about it in personal conversations and would get very upset when I said that I didn't believe in that. And I wouldn't, you know, affirm a delusion for my child. There was a Facebook post when she first was announcing that she was pregnant, where she said, baby Sawyer due in December, I'll love you whether you're a boy or girl or neither. So that was, you know, obviously concerning and a, kind of a prerequisite that this may happen. I can tell you she did, for whatever reason, treat him as a boy, at least in the beginning of his life. And then it switched. And I, I believe she's still doing it. You know, it's heartbreaking to hear some of the stories. But I think for any mom or dad out there that's worried about that, you should try to document everything you, the best you can so that you could at least show evidence to court that this isn't the child's idea and it's the parent's idea being forced upon them. In California, does that matter, though? Because you've got... Uh, AB 957, which is going to determine child custody cases, you know, which parent is going to affirm the gender delusion. In other states, you might be able to mount a case and say, hey, listen, this what is what amounts to child abuse. But in the state of California, you saying my son is a boy, my son should grow up as a boy, my son should not be fed this gender ideology as a toddler, you know, that would actually make you the abuser in California. So uh, what do you even do existing in California to fight this. It's got to be incredibly hard, if not almost impossible. You are actually seen as the perpetrator in a lot of these cases. Yeah, it's interesting. So I actually went to the Capitol and spoke spoke out a lot to fight that bill, 957, as well as a few others that are anti-family bills. And that one's the worst, of course. It's interesting, though, because I talked to the author of the bill, Lori Wilson, as well as some of the senators who support the bill. And they're actually all under the impression that this bill will give me custody. I am I'm going to try for that as soon as this bill goes into effect. So my son says he's a boy adamantly. He loves being a little boy. He wants to be a boy. He's fully aware of you know every human being and every cartoon he's ever seen, whether they're a boy or girl accurately. I think it's really sad that anyone wouldn't want their kid to be happy with who they are. But my son knows he's a boy, so I'm saying he's a boy. His mom says he's non-binary. Uh, not that that's a real thing, but so she's actually not affirming his gender identity or expression in this particular situation. So this bill could potentially give me custody and I would love to use their crazy bill against them.
Yeah, no, that would be great if you could. I just think that there's going to be so many other parents out there that are not going to be as lucky that are going to have it flipped on them and are going to lose custody or are going to be in a custody battle based on which parent is willing to do that. And it's sad because you have a toddler, right? But there are kids that are being confused as they go to school. They're 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, and they're being influenced with this gender ideology. I mean, what's happening, especially in the state of California, is really concerning, really troublesome for a lot of parents. So I know that you're fighting this with with everything that you have. But what is your message for for politicians that are running in 2024? A lot of parents or a lot of politicians are putting parent first action at the top of their agenda, really wanting to fight for your rights, fight for keeping the innocence of children protected. What would you tell them is so important that they do to not only win your vote, but to win the vote of parents who want to protect children? Well, the politicians out there, you need to represent your people. That's your job. You can't just vote against what your people actually believe and want. I can tell you, I went to the Capitol. I do all these rallies and part of this movement and I've met the most incredible people right and left. I stand up there on stage next next to people that say they're a lifelong Democrat. They always will be and that they know this gender stuff is absolute madness and it's harming kids. So if you can take a platform that everybody supports, such as protecting parents' rights, protecting children, it's actually going to drastically benefit you uh, for getting elected and for having positive feedback from your constituents. And I really do think it's a winning issue for the conservatives, especially to focus on being the pro-parent party. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Before I let you go, I know that you have a GoFundMe. I'm, I'm sure that this has been incredibly taxing on you, uh, financially very difficult for you to fight this fight. Where can my viewers go to support your cause and what you're trying to do to get custody of your son and also to speak the truth on this really important issue? I have a Give, Send, Go. It's Give, Send, Go, Saving Sawyer. You can follow me on social media at Harrison Tinsley. And I really appreciate every single person that's ever supported me or ever sent me a message or prayer. It means the world to me, and I'm going to keep fighting for children no matter what. Well, I'm so glad that you are. I'm so glad that you've been so vocal. I'm sure it cannot be easy all the time. I'm sure you take a lot of incoming, a lot of hate, but you're doing the right thing. God bless you. Thank you for telling your story, and we're all rooting for you. God bless you, and be brave, everyone. Thank you. All right, from one horrific new normal to the next. Over the weekend, a social media video surfaced showing two teens in a stolen vehicle purposely hitting and then killing a bicyclist in Las Vegas. And I have some final thoughts. So about a month ago, two teens stole a Hyundai Elantra and went on more than a joyride, though they seem pretty jolly about what they did. Take a look. All right, go. Go, go, go. Keep it moving. Stop talking. So we're not going to show the impact, but they ran him down in cold and brutal fashion. That's right. They purposely hit retired California police chief Andreas Prost as he was going for an early morning bike ride just a couple miles from his home. His daughter got a notification alert from her dad's Apple watch that he'd fallen. His wife and daughter rushed to the scene and found him in critical condition. He later died in the hospital.
Andreas Prost dedicated 35 years of his life to law enforcement, only to be taken out by two miscreants, two little thugs, two degenerates who did it for fun, for a laugh, for social media content. They live-streamed it. That's how sick and twisted they are. The driver is a minor, but in my view, should face the death penalty. Teens in this country have gone feral, absolutely feral. No guidance, no parents teaching them right from wrong, no consequences when they do wrong, just entitlement and coddling. We see this with smash and grabs, the brutal schoolyard, school bus, and hallway beatdowns. What the hell is going on? Why are kids so angry in America today? Why has this become the new normal and just a passing headline? This culture is doing a disservice not only to society, but to the teens who are growing up in it like wild animals with no rules, no judgment, no structure. I'm sickened and you should be too. You know, parents who put in the time and effort to raise their children right and teach them right from wrong shouldn't have to worry about sending their decent kids to school or to the mall or to extracurricular activities with feral kids whose parents don't give a damn. It doesn't have to be this way, but sadly it is. Kids aren't born this way. This is taught. This is learned behavior. And it's all going to come home to roost as these degenerates get older and have their own kids and continue this cycle. You think things are bad now? Just wait 10 years. This is just the beginning. Those are my final thoughts. Be sure to like and subscribe. Outkick on YouTube. From Nashville, God bless and take care.